When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Over in Cincinnati, it's cloudy. The storms have just about passed by. The thunder's gone. We are chilling. We are cool. And I'm chilling with my special guest, Lance Reisland, as we're doing things a little different today. It's just going to be me and Lance as we do uh, more than just a film breakdown uh, of Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow's game and what makes Joe cool. Joe Scheistein, whatever else you want to call him. Welcome into a special off-season edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad here with you riding solo alongside my good friend and special guest, Lance Reisland, who um, I have to say is a gem in terms of the contributions he makes for Cleveland.com, uh, not just for us, but over on the Brown side and other sides as well. Uh, Lance, it's been a while. I think we haven't talked since uh, AFC Championship Week. How are you, my friend? It's been a bit. I'm doing very well. Thank Muhammad. Thanks for having me, my friend. Yeah, likewise. I mean, if you want to even call it an off season, I guess you're you're kind of in your own little off season too, right? With the high school football, do you do you even call it an off season? Is that the right word to use? Um, you know, we I always like to work in phases. So for you know, when I, when I was coaching, this is this is our this is our strength phase. This is our uh, off season, uh, get your body ready phase. So we always worked in phases. So it's not really there's not really any level of football if you want to be successful. There's not really an off season. So we focused on our phases. So January, February, uh, March were a phase, and now you get into this next phase, which is more uh, a little bit more football-based, a little bit more cardio-based, as where you were pounding those weights pretty hard uh, January and February. Love to see it. Love to hear it. I mean, yeah, I always, I'm always fascinated by this because I've been getting more into, like, uh, exercising lately. Like, I've kind of gotten into fitness. I should say been getting back into fitness because I used to lift a lot in college. But, yeah, I'm always intrigued by, like, the way that, pro football players and like really football players in general at any level split up their training regimens. So that's interesting. I'll definitely pick your brain more on that later, but uh, I want to really pick your brain on uh, Joe Burrow because, you know, w- you know, Mike, Michael and Andrew and I have talked about this. We, we talked about this really kind of between that AFC championship loss and the Super Bowl, where we talked about things that Joe Burrow did well in the regular season things that he could have gotten better with and like, you know, where he can improve relative to obviously, you know, the reigning MVP Patrick Mahomes and uh, Bill's quarterback, Josh Allen, because I think we can all agree that like essentially your top three in whatever order you want to call it, you know, it's really going to be Burrow, Mahomes and Allen in terms of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. Um, and maybe some people would debate that, but I think most people would agree with that. I mean, before we even get into like the Burrow discussion, like, would you agree that, in whatever order you want, like Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen are the best three quarterbacks on film, in your opinion, right now. Yeah, it's very razor thin. It's you know, depending on what you like as a as a coach, as a player, as a fan, um, they all do some a little bit different. But there is a very fine line in terms of they win and they win in their own way. Uh, their offensive staff has, has kind of put the offense where you know Josh Allen's going to do some quarterback runs and. Mahomes is going to throw off schedule and Burrow is going to be calm and cool and deliver uh, with elite accuracy. So they all do a little different things, uh, but they're, it's all razor thin in terms of their ability to process information, use their feet in their own way. 
Um, they're incredibly accurate. Their anticipation is fantastic. I've watched a bunch of film on all three. Uh, you're not going to lose with all three. You know, th- what I really like about the NFL level is even more than college is that those coaches have kind of taken those guys and said, you know what, we're going to do what they do best and kind of uh, morph whatever else is around them and use their talents. And uh, Burrow, in my opinion, carries the Bengals more than the other two. He is he is really, really um, taking the Bengals to the next level quickly. In terms of football, he's done it in quickly. And when you talk about quickly, what really comes out uh, quickly for Burrow is his release. Like, I think quickly and his release are the two words that are the most synonymous. You know, when you look at his hot hand, and I've talked about this with Mike and Andrew, and I think this is where Burrow excels better than any quarterback in the league. He gets the ball out faster than anybody. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, his average passing time uh, was 2.51 seconds per throw. Only Tom Brady had a better time among starting quarterbacks, but Brady's retired, so you could say now, assuming his game hasn't changed or it's gotten better, you could say that no other quarterback releases the ball as quickly and fluidly as he does. Um, and to add evidence to that, PFF also said that when he passes the ball, over 2.5 seconds or longer, like if it takes him longer than two and a half seconds, he has an 86 plus passing grade. If he throws it under two and a half seconds, he has the highest passing grades amongst all quarterbacks. As a matter of fact, if you look at his overall passing grades in the regular season and postseason combined, he had the highest grades at 91.6. As far as overall offense goes amongst quarterbacks, he was tied with Patrick Mahomes, so they were both even in that category. I knew I just threw a lot of numbers at you, but to focus on his timing and his release, why is Joe Burrow so good at getting the ball out so quickly? Well, I think there's uh, there's a good reason and a bad reason. The bad reason, we'll start with that, is that he's been under constant pressure. So he's been sacked 153 times uh, in his career, and he's in constant pressure. That's why I think the Orlando Brown pickup was the top pickup uh, of all free agents in the NFL. Um the positive part of that is that his ability to process information. So your ability to get rid of the football in under two point. My my goal was always two point eight. Two point eight is kind of like you get a little bit of protection. You might have a run through, but two point eight is a really a, a, a magic number for a quarterback. So two point five is incredibly fast, and it tells me his ability to process information. So when I watch him on film, he he knows exactly what he's getting from a defensive front to a uh, second level, to the third level. And that takes a lot of film work. That takes a lot of um, a lot of time in terms of understanding what a defense has tried to do. And then take that processing and be able to take it into your arm talent. So uh, some of the tag words you hear all the time is arm talent and all this kind of stuff. That all comes to me is the ability, do you know where you're throwing the football? Because if you know where you're throwing the football, you're a lot more accurate. You, you can anticipate very well. So I think his, his ability to get rid of the football is that he's been under pressure. Uh, but more than that, it's his ability to process the information that he's seeing and then turn that into a quick release and getting rid of the ball. And the more he does that and gets the ball out of his hand and gets to second and five, you know, the big throws aren't are, aren't one impressed me about Joe Burrow. It's when he gets him, gets his team out of a bad play or uh, people are covered and he checks it down, and now it's second and five instead of second and ten. And that's a big difference. And he does that incredibly well. Obviously, he plays with just an incredible uh, amount of confidence and I think that confidence comes from his, his knowledge and his ability to process what he sees. 
So I want to get to the Orlando Brown signing in a bit because that's another big part of kind of the outlook of Burrow's future in 2023. But you you mentioned kind of the good and bad sides of why he can throw the ball so quickly. You mentioned his confidence in the fact that he's so smart that he knows when to get the ball off with his cadence. But you also mentioned uh, the pressure. Could you also say that as much as it's frustrating for the Bengals that Burrow's getting the ball out so quick because of all the pressure he's had the last two years, for as much as it's frustrating, isn't it also impressive that he does what he does, getting it out as fast as he does. Because you could say a lot of quarterbacks, you know, would be in the same situation as him. And if they throw the ball out quickly, it's not always going to end the same way it does with him. It'll end in interceptions, you know, incompletions, three and outs, whatever you want to call it. Like, is it impressive, though, that he can do that with that much pressure coming his way? Well, yeah, and it's, it's the amount of uh, confidence that Taylor has in him is extremely impressive because – they put those five linemen, even though those linemen have struggled with uh, protection at times, they put those five linemen by themselves most of the time. Taylor likes to get four and five out a lot. And by doing that, you're putting pressure on Joe Burrow to get rid of the ball, which I think the pressure should go to him. He's your best player. Uh, he's arguably the best player in the league, and, and you can anybody can argue that because of the things he does. But I really like the fact that not only do they, they say this is who we are, they're going to spread the ball out, they're going to – spread the formations out. They're going to put a ton of pressure on him to get rid of the football quickly. So, yeah, it's he knows the pressure's coming, and, uh, you know, they're doing everything they can to improve that. But that's been all too impressive, and the fact that Taylor said, you know what, he can get rid of the football fast enough and make these reads and process this information, uh, even if we struggle with protection. That tells you a lot about the what their style of offense is and how much Taylor – uh, how much confidence Taylor has in his ability to get rid of that football quickly. And like you said, 2.5 or under, he's he's incredibly accurate, incredibly uh, efficient. You made a point that you could argue that Burrow is the best player in the league right now. Do you believe he's better than Patrick Mahomes? Well, I think, you know, if you talk about um, what Patrick Mahomes does, it's a different style of quarterback. It's off, it's off rhythm. It's off kilter. Uh, it's these off-platform throws. Um, I think it's one and one A. Now, I think they go back and forth in terms of uh, what they've had. I was extremely impressed with Mahomes this year losing Hill and then being able to. So this, for me, this was a huge year, not only for Burrow in my, watching film, but in Mahomes because Mahomes had to do it without Tyreek Hill. And I thought Tyreek Hill got him a lot of, out of a lot of bad situations last year in terms of he would throw the ball up deep and Hill would go get it. Um, but then this year he became more disciplined and, and made a lot of really good throws and a lot of really good processing of, of coverage that he was seeing. Um, so I think it's one and one a, um, you know, I think he, I think Mahomes has better protection. Um, and I think skill wise, uh, you know, Joe Burrow has a really good uh, crop of receivers he gets to throw to. So it's give or take, it's so razor thin. Um, but I do think it's those two. And I think Josh Allen, like you said, is right there as well uh, because right, of his right. size and his ability to be a red zone, uh, red zone guy. So those three, um, you know, what Burrow's been able to do over the course of the last two to three years has been so impressive. Um, you know, going going into the, that organization, which has had success, but not at this level, and he, he makes you feel like they should be there. And um, I'd be hard-pressed if you took away those three quarterbacks from those three teams. They're, they're not the same, and it's not even close. So I don't know. I don't know if he's the best, but I know he's right there, and, and, and rightfully so. So for those who might say, oh, you know, and Andrew likes to make this point, and I'm not going to say I completely disagree with him because he has a good argument. You know, people will say Burrow hasn't won the Super Bowl. He got there, which is impressive given 
he really shouldn't have been there with his ACL injury the year before and having no protection that year with respect to the Bengals' offensive line in 2021. But, I mean, he got to the Super Bowl but didn't win it. Mahomes did, and he not only won it twice, he won the MVP both times. And then beyond that, if you don't care about the championship side of it, people will say, well, Mahomes has won two MVPs in the last four years. Burrow was considered this year. I mean, he was up there with Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, even though he didn't get any votes, but hasn't won it yet. I guess, what is it going to take? I mean, the Super Bowl is more of a question on what can the Bengals do to get to that point. But if we're talking about Burrow and the MVP question, what does he have to do next year if he even wants to, you know, come close, I guess, to being considered for the MVP more seriously than he was this year? Well, for me, I, t- you know, I take it three things that I think he can do to improve his stock, as you would say, and, you know, maybe you would say, but so I think he needs to pay attention to detail. So attention to detail for me is making sure that he, you know, this offseason, proper nutrition, taking care of his body, getting, getting strength, getting his shoulder strong, making sure his lower body strong, that functional, functional strength and conditioning, proper sleep, nutrition, consistent hydration, all the stuff that makes him be able to play 17 weeks. So talking about the new quarterbacks coming to the league, it's, for me, it's being able to play 17 weeks. So that would be the first thing. Um, next would be able to, you know, is put more pressure on him. So get his team out of bad plays when they're, at, when they're in bad plays. So if it's a bad run, make sure he gets out of it. Making sure that anytime Chase or one of these guys, the explosive guys, anytime they have an advantage, he's able to change the play. So that would be with him and Taylor to be able to get into the play that best takes advantage of their skill set. And then the third would be he at times he gets locked in. So as a quarterback, I couldn't imagine having Jamar Chase out there and not being able to just want to throw to him because even if he's covered, he's going to win. So I would say another thing he can do is use his eyes consistently, which he does a lot, but consistently use his eyes to move those second, those second and third level defenders so they can create bigger windows. And that all comes, all three of those just come down to consistently doing what he's doing over and over and over again and just kind of making it, unfortunately, he's gotten to the point where he's, you expect these, this type of play out of him. So he's going to have to up his play even more. And there's, it's just small things. It's attention to detail. It's using his eyes. Uh, it's making sure that his team is in the right play. So basically Taylor's saying, listen, if you want to be the best player in the league, this is your offense. Go run it. And I think that'll, that, that should get him over the top. You know, one thing that people talk about with Burrow in terms of how can he finally just get over that hump, whether it's the hump of winning MVP, like I said, the hump of winning that Super Bowl that he really should have won two years ago or a year ago. You know, you could look and say his rookie year, he had COVID. He didn't have COVID, but like you had COVID where they just didn't have a normal offseason. And then when they did have a normal offseason, he had a torn ACL. So he really... I mean, he, he got healthy enough to play that year and won comeback player of the year, but still limited him until that season opener. And then last year, he has an appendectomy, which I personally believe had it not happened, and he played a good preseason and got into uh, you know week one, fresher than he was, wouldn't have had that game against Pittsburgh, probably would have actually gotten some votes for MVP. You know, you could say that like there's a lot of things that did not go his way in the offseason, injury, surgery, things out of his control like COVID. Let's assume that, like, God forbid anything else happens at this point. He goes into the preseason, plays a good preseason. He's ready to go week one. Like at this point, are we going for, – for as much as we've seen from Joe Burrow, obviously, not that we haven't seen anything, but for as much as we've seen from him, are we going to see just something that we have not even seen up to this point? 
Well, yeah, you know what? And it's funny because, you know, he had that huge year at LSU, but he didn't have an extended 30, 40, 50 games in college either. So he's very new. He's very raw in terms of his actual playing time. So, um, yeah, I think he's uh, he's ascending. So what that means to me, that just means quicker release. That just means processing quicker. That means uh, anticipation of windows. Uh, he's all his timing. So when you talk about offseason, not having those offseason – that means you're not getting the timing with the receivers on certain routes and uh, red zone concepts and, and things you're going to do on third down. So all those things are going to get better and better. Uh, the time is just going to better. So it's just going to create more consistency. So any of those things he missed, which is very few, he's going to miss even less because it's just going to be reps. And you win in football with reps. The more you do it, the more it becomes second nature. And when you're at that high level, those guys are at, it just becomes like a handoff. And I think that's what you're going to see. You're going to just see him be his percentage, his completion percentage will go up. Uh, he'll have more charge of, like I said, the offense uh, at the line of scrimmage. So you'll get a lot of RPOs and a lot of things where he's he's the final call. He's the final decision maker. And to be the final decision maker, you got to have a healthy offseason. So you can make those throws consistently, making sure receivers understand what they see, making sure your pass protection is right, making sure that you're back. Uh, you know, I watched a number of clips this year where the back is not on page in terms of who he's supposed to block. Well, that's Burrow's job, and Burrow now will make sure that back, uh, back blocks the right guy so they have a good protection. Um, yeah, it's just going to come down to he's going to do it more, and he's going to do it more often without being injured or, or uh, sick. So I think it's uh, I think the scary thing is for the rest of the AFC North is that, yeah, I think he's only going to get better. Man, that is uh, really well put, Lance. When we come back, we're going to follow up on those points of – more of what we can and should expect from Joe Burrow in 2023. But before we go to break, we want to remind you guys, if you haven't already, make sure you sign up for Cincinnati Football Insider. It's our exclusive subtext service that we provide through me, Andrew, and Mike. We give you all the breaking news, analysis, and opinions before it gets to the web or social media. So if you want to cut through all that cloth and clutter, make sure you sign up by going to cleveland.com slash bangles. It's $4.99 a month, but you get a two-week free trial to start so you can cancel any time. But Believe me, you won't want to cancel once you join the Cincinnati Football Insider community. Don't go away. We'll be right back right here on the Strictly Stripes podcast. <coughs> All right, and thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. With me is my special guest, special guest I should say, excuse me, is uh, Lance Reisland as we continue breaking down Joe Burrow's film, what this offseason means to him, and what that's going to do for him going into the 2023 season. Um, and so, Lance, there's a point you made earlier. I wanted to circle back here for the second half. You, you said that the reason why the Bengals made the best move in free agency with Orlando Brown was because that's going to give him protection that – not that he hasn't had protection in the last year, but it's not the level of protection he's had up until now. Um, and obviously, you explained part of why Burrow gets the ball off quicker than – any quarterback not named Tom Brady is because he kind of has to. Although, again, he does it well when he does, but he has to because, like, of what he's had to sustain. I mean, he had the six most sacks among all quarterbacks last year, 41 sacks. He was the most sacked quarterback the year before that. So, I mean, his body's probably going to appreciate the break from Orlando Brown. But how much just does Orlando Brown alone – you know, with protecting the blind side, how much does that really set Joe Burrow up? Like, why Why is that such a bigger deal than people might realize? Well, since Burrow's entered the league, he's been pressured one-third. His pocket passes, he's been pressured one-third of the time. So one out of every three times he drops back the pass, he's pressured. Um, Brown last year, for example, Brown last year had 893 snaps and only gave up four sacks. 
So his, his grade compared to replacing the Williams, who was at the tackle, is incredible in terms of his ability to protect the pocket. Now, what I like about that is that when the po- pocket is protected, Burrow has a 96% po- uh, passing grade. So basically what that means to me as a coach is that if I can protect him, he's going to complete the ball. And what they've been unable to do is they, is unable to do is keep that pocket clean. And he makes he does a great job. I don't think he gets enough credit with his feet. He might not be a dual threat guy of a Josh Allen type, but he does a great job of moving in the pocket. But the the Bengals, like any other pro professional team, they're looking at those numbers. They're saying if this pocket is clean, Burrow is going to make the throws. And that's what I see as a coach is that I see this upgrade to a guy who's only gives up four sacks. Um, his pat, you know, his grade in terms of like. He's always going to be in the 70 to 80 percent, you know, 75 to 80 percent passing um, pass protection grade. He's just such an upgrade at that tackle in terms of you're not going to worry about that blind side for Joe Burrow right now. Brown just doesn't give up sacks. He does a great job with his feet. He does a great job of widening his stance. He does a great job of angle dropping. Um, He does. He understands what defenses are trying to do. He also understands now he's playing for a quarterback who gets rid of the football. So a lot of that, yes, he was pressured, but a lot of that is because Burrow processes and knows where he's going. So I think the Brown the Brown pickup, I thought the Cleveland Browns did a great job of filling their holes, and I think this Orlando Brown pickup is such a underrated – obviously people know it's good, but when you think about the numbers of Joe Burrow having a clean pocket, it's scary because now he's going to have a clean pocket. He's not going to be pressured one out of every three times. Does Joe Burrow have the best offensive line he's had in his career? Uh, Brown makes some Brown. Makes, so those other guys are older. So yes, uh, those other guys are lifting. Those other guys are going to be on track in terms of uh, it's a drop back scheme. So the practice plans uh, through the week are going to be, uh, you know, kind of geared toward that. But yes, Orlando Brown by himself makes him makes that offensive line because I think they're only going to get better. But Orlando Brown is a is a top tier tackle in terms of pass protection. Uh, you know, and they've gone to more of a gap scheme in the run game, and he's such a massive human. He moves people. He moves the line of scrimmage. So they're going more to a gap scheme, uh, which allows him to use his physicality, uh, his his size. So, yeah, I would say going to more of a gap scheme, his pass protection, this will be the best front he's had in front of him uh, in his career. You know, the reason why I ask is because some I, – I saw this somewhere that, you know, there were some anonymous scouts saying that, you know – the Bengals shouldn't get too excited about Orlando Brown because, you know, one of the arguments I, I read was that, you know, there's a reason why he's on his third team in, I guess, what, six seasons and now it would be a sixth season. You know, the reason why he's been on three teams uh, – bless you there um, – the reason why he's been on three teams. But, like, at the same time, he's been a Pro Bowl with each of those, and uh, he backed up two MVP quarterbacks. I mean, he backed up Lamar Jackson uh, when he was uh, MVP in 2019. And then, of course, last year Mahomes just won MVP and a Super Bowl. So I understand where that's coming from, but, like, what do you say to those who say, oh, well, you know, Orlando Brown's not that solid. He's not that elite. Like, is there a point there, or is that just maybe people being too critical? Well, he's got, you know, for me, it's it's numbers. Numbers don't lie. And the film doesn't lie. Numbers don't lie. So last year he had a 70, 76.8 passing grade. Uh, for his career, he sat a 74.4 passing grade. Last year, the Bengals, uh, Jonah Williams had a 62.6 passing grade, uh, pass protection grade. So the numbers alone tell you that 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 is um, that's an upgrade. Then you watch the film and you see what he does in terms of not only is he a massive human, but he uses that mass and that size to his advantage. So he can do things that other tackles can't do. You, 
he will actually invite people into his chest where they tell you to get away. But he's so long and his arms are so long that he will invite uh, people into his chest because he can use his length and his ability not to go backwards because he's so big. Um, if you watch the film and you watch what he does in his time at all stops, he is a really good pass, a really, really good pass protection in pass protection. And he's really good if he knows who he's blocking. Uh, I don't think he's the best in zone schemes. I don't think he's the best when he has to reach people, uh, people to his inside or people to his outside. But if he's going to down block on somebody or he's going to uh, base block on someone or he's going to pass protect on an edge guy, he's really good. And that's a, that's what the Bengals do. They're going to they're gonna run some simple run schemes, some simple gap schemes uh, that they seem to be moving towards, and they're going to throw the ball. And he is a massive, massive upgrade in terms of pass protection. Joe Burrow is your guy in Cincinnati. They're going to protect him, and he does a really good job of that. You know, one thing, speaking of kind of the trenches like you talked about, one, one thing that might have hurt Joe Burrow in the trenches last year is, you know, he just threw tip pass after tip pass after tip pass. Um, he led the league. If he didn't finish the year leading the league in that category, he definitely led the league uh, in terms of most tip passes at one point because, like, you look at that Steelers game, uh, the first time they played, then the rematch in Pittsburgh. You look at that Tampa Bay game, um, and you look at that Cleveland game on Monday night where his, he threw his first interception to A.J. Green. That was a tip pass from either Miles Garrett or Jadavian Clowney. And he had even more tips in between that didn't end in interceptions. But the reason why I think people were so concerned is, like, a lot of those tips ended in picks, and that's not good. That's actually where they've been in the most trouble because of that. I mean, is that coincidental, or do you think there's a reason why – Maybe teams were so good at being able to do that last year. Oh, that's a great question. No, it's not. A, it's not incidental at all. So here's what you got. So teams go in knowing that the Bengals were having trouble with pass protection. They know Gerald Burrow likes to get rid of the football. They know he likes to get rid of the football. And when he does get rid of it quickly, he's highly successful. Well, if he's going to get rid of it in under two point five, most defensive linemen can get can't get to the quarterback at two point five if they were unblocked. So what's the next thing you got to do? Well, if you can't get to the quarterback, you got to get your hands up. So if the Bengals are consistently throwing the ball quickly, teams are going to bat the ball down. When you have the addition of Orlando Brown and an offensive line who's going to get better, now you're going to get some truth five and seven step drops out of that shotgun, and you're going to get some extended, you're going to get some extended pass rushes from these guys. Remember, these guys can't get into these defenders cannot get into extended pass rush schemes in, in their pass rush plan because the ball's coming out so fast. So the next thing you do is you got to get your hands up. And so what's going to end up happening is that the their hands aren't going to be up as much because the Bengals are going to diversify in terms of how long they hold on to the ball. And they can do that because their left tackle is going to hold up. And so you're going to see not nearly as many batted balls because the defensive line is going to get into their pass rush more than they are going to worry about immediately. There's times when you watch on film, there is no pass rush. They are simply reading Joe Burrow's eyes and waiting to jump up and try to bat it down because they know they can't get home. That's all scouting report. So now they're going to be rushing the passer, and he's going to have he will have much less batted balls uh, this upcoming season. That goes back to like you mentioned, uh, Orlando Brown being there. It's going to help with that pass protection where teams can't get so shysty where they want to do that to him. Correct, and there you don't you just don't get rid of the ball so fast. Now now they're at the point where they can get rid of the. So there's a there's a fine line of you're going to get rid of the football because you want to or you have to. And when they want to, they can still get rid of the ball in under 2.5. But if they want to get the ball downfield and they want to get Jamar Chase and these guys into some more vertical concepts and some posts and some digs and some deep outs and things like that, now they can do that. That's going to be about 3.1 to 3.5 in that range. 
Well, now they can do that because where you get the pressure on those deep drops is around the edge. And for uh, uh, a right-handed quarterback, that's going to come from your backside. Well, your backside is not protected. Again, he only gave up four sacks last year, not many pressures. Um, so he is such an upgrade because it gives them such an a, a ability to stretch the field now. Now they don't have to throw a hitch and a slant and, and, and a back shoulder all the time. Now they can work some different uh, route combinations because they know they have more time. Doesn't mean those other route combinations won't be successful, but it's on their terms, not because they have to. Yeah, I like the way that you explained that, and you, you kind of broke it down there in terms of like that positional value there. So I, I appreciate that explanation, and that I think that makes a lot of sense when people wonder, like, how, how can the Bengals prevent that, and why did other teams do that? And I think that, you know, to me, if that's like the one sneaky thing that really got to Burrow, I think was that. But I guess kind of my last question to wrap up before I get like your final thoughts on like the MVP for next year if there's just something on film that's sneakier than what I mentioned with the tip passes, what is a sneaky, sneaky part of Joe Burrow's game that is really dangerous, but what is also a really sneaky part of his game that needs to be fixed on film? Well, I'd say the thing that's really, really good is his feet. Now, he's not, like you said, he's not that dual threat guy, but he is so good at third and four to seven range. And I think the running quarterback in the NFL is not the guy who, not the Josh Allen who's a unicorn and runs power and things like that, but the guy on third, third and seven who is um, able to pick up and keep the chains going and, and get not maybe not a, a down to a touchdown, but flip the field, make his defense, uh, you know, cover for his defense and, and make the other team go a long way because they've gotten a couple first downs. So his feet in the pocket, um, and his ability to run the ball, I think, are very underrated. And I think he can do more of that. Um, I think he be, – because I think he'll get hit less, I think he'll run the ball more uh, on those third situations. The thing that he, I think he needs to work on is he has such uh, a belief in his right arm that at times he will try to squeeze things in there that might not be there. And when you have success like he does when you squeeze things in there, um, it can lead to bad things. So he has success doing it, but that would be one thing – um, that he might want to just make sure that he uses his eyes, take continuously take what the defense gives him, and as he gets more pass protection, you know it's okay to check it down. Still, it's okay to throw those hitches. You know, you don't have to. You don't have when you have a guy like Jamar Chase, who I think is a generational talent. That route tree doesn't have to be huge. You just throw him a hitch, throw him a slant, throw him a fade, throw him throw him sluggo. You know, you don't have to do a ton of things. So I think you know. Obviously, I think he his feet are underrated, and it just as he gets more and more confident and in himself to make sure that he's continuously going through his reads and maybe not squeeze it in there all the time. Final thoughts here, Lance. Speaking of confidence, just looking at the NFL MVP odds for next year. And of course, this is super early, so this could and probably will change before the season starts. But uh, Patrick Mahomes, reigning MVP, clear favorite, plus 650. Joe Burrow's right behind him, plus 700, with like which is what we really saw most of the second half of the season. Uh, behind both of them is Josh Allen at 750. And then Justin Herbert's not too distant behind that, plus 1,000. How confident are you that Joe Burrow, if he does all the corrections you mentioned, if he learns from all the mistakes he made, can win NFL MVP next year and show why he could be the NFL's best player? Wow, that's, a, that's interesting. So I would say... Um, he's got a really good chance. And I would say the number one reason that I would put him as the front runner, which I do, I think he's the front runner. And the reason I say that is because of Orlando Brown. Now, where some people, I've heard that too. And some people have, uh, I've been on some, uh, with some people who said he's not that good. And when I watch Orlando Brown on, uh, on a film, he's that good to me in terms of pass protection. 
So if you're telling me that he, if he's a 90, he has a 96 uh, passing grade when the pocket's clean, well, the pocket's going to be very clean or at least cleaner than it's been. Um, and he's been very successful. You're talking about a guy who's thrown for, you know, 11,000 yards and 82 touchdowns and completed 68% of his passes. So you're talking about a guy who's had these amazing numbers. Now he's just kind of getting into his prime. So if the Bengals, obviously, I think winning is, is the key. Um, I think they got to get off to a good start. I don't think a slow start helps at all. Um, I think, repeat, I, like you said, with the Pittsburgh game. So if you watch those first couple games, they're off the box 0-2. That sticks with some people. Um, so I think they got to get off to a good start. I think that sticks with people. I think the beginning and the end are, are the key in terms of those people who vote for any type of MVP for any league. Um, so I think he's got to get off to a good start. Uh, I think they got to be in contention not only for the North, but they got to be in contention for the AFC. They got to be Super Bowl contenders, which is what you're going to get. If you're an MVP guy, all those guys you're talking about are guys who uh, those teams think they can be Super Bowl champions. So um, I would put him. Uh, as my as my number one, but it's really really close with Mahomes and Allen too. So, what team is best? Well, probably uh, it makes you know is the best during the regular seasons. Probably, regardless of the numbers, probably going to win it again. Yeah, and of course the the Chiefs are defending Super Bowl champions. I mean, they're probably I think they're still favorites to win it next year, um, even with all the free agency you know, pieces they've had moving around. I mean, they said the same thing last year. Oh no, Tyree Kill, where's this offense going to go? And went to the Super Bowl and won it. And so who who knows what Andy Reid's going to do next year. I mean, for how old he is and how successful he's been, I mean, got to tip your hat to them. But, I mean, the Bengals have also made them work for it because they, they didn't beat him for the first time until, you know, last year since Mahomes beat him his rookie year. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a, a chess match that we could do five podcasts on because that by itself is just, I think, one of the most exciting rivalries in the NFL. We even did a podcast on that last week for those who didn't, you know, tune in for that. You should go and listen to that where we talk about the Chiefs Bengals rivalry. Lance, never enough time with you on the show. Thank you so much uh, for being with me and always good to have some one-on-one time with you, my friend. It's always good to chain things up. Uh, Really appreciate it, man. Oh, I appreciate you having me. Great time. Yeah, likewise. Before we let you all go, uh, make sure you sign up for our Cincinnati Football Strictly Stripes newsletter. Go to cleveland.com slash newsletters and click on the Strictly Stripes newsletter where you can sign up to get uh, an email, a newsletter, in your inbox for free every day with all of our reporting, uh, including links to the podcast uh, in case you miss any of our episodes uh, and much more. So make sure you sign up for that. Again, go to cleveland.com slash newsletters. Once again, for myself and my special guest, Lance Reisland, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. We'll see you on Friday. Go to the big game.